to the next episode in the series of Let's Talk Resilience. During the last episode, we talked about the power of positivity and cultivating a positive mindset. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about how we manage our emotions. So emotions can be exhausting, particularly the very negative emotions. What's your views on that, Vince, when it comes to resilience? They can be a real roller coaster, and the emotions tend to run downhill. You let them run away with you, and as you say, you can be totally exhausting trying to keep up with your emotions. But also, managing your emotions isn't about suppressing your emotions. They are natural things. Even the ones that we certainly think of as negative are a natural part of us. You know, I'm always a bit wary when people say, oh, you shouldn't be angry. It's a fact of life. We get angry. It's how you deal with it and how you process it and and let it out that, that matters. Managing emotions doesn't mean suppressing them. No, I don't think it's about suppressing them, is it? But it's a time and a place as well. I mean, a big part of emotional intelligence is about how we manage those emotions in, in different situations. I remember years ago, um, I was interviewing somebody when I was writing one of my books, and I interviewed a manager who some staff had complained about him because he had a really bad temper. You know, whenever he felt cross about something, he would just end up shouting at people, which obviously was very distressing. And when I spoke to him, he said, no, you know, I think it's really important to be authentic and you know whatever emotions you feel you should just be able to to kind of demonstrate those I'm not entirely sure I kind of agreed with that point because he wasn't really thinking about how it affected other people so I think when it comes to emotions it, it, it is important to be able to express yourself absolutely I don't believe in you know living a suppressed life but I think it's time and place as well isn't it after I had my stroke, one of the immediate after effects was I was incredibly argumentative and irritable. And I alienated a lot of people. I upset a lot of people. We've talked about cognitive behavioral therapy, and that helped me deal with it. You know, I went through that rather arrogant phase of saying, I'm just being me. I'm just being natural. I'm, I have a right to be angry about this. But I was losing sight of how much it hurt other people. I always remember, you know, in, in any job, we all have a, an annual appraisal. And um, my manager said, you have no idea how many people are scared of you. That was a wake up call because I didn't have any idea. For me, it was all about me. It was all about I have every right to be angry about this. And yeah, I, I had to learn or relearn that there is a time and a place for dealing with different emotions and displaying them in, in your if you like, in a way that doesn't scare or intimidate other people. And I suppose how we manage our emotions in terms of energy as well, because even the very positive emotions, like being really excited and, you know, thrilled about something can have an impact on on energy as well. But we have a whole palette of emotions, but then we have some very fundamental emotions as well, don't we? Like feeling, you know, angry, like you say, or perhaps we feel a bit resentful or bitter. And, you know, some of those are quite negative. And then we have the more positive emotions, like feeling grateful or compassionate or or happy about something ultimately we 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 can choose with our thoughts the emotions we have what you've just said reminds me of an incident just after my mum died my mum died in a in a care home I was in the room with her she she died about 10 minutes previously and there was a knock on the door I thought it was one of the care home staff and uh, I said come in 
The door burst open. It was Mum's best friend, Anne. Uh, Anne, lovely though she is, has no self-awareness. And she burst into the room and said, Hello, Sylve! Ooh, she said, <laughs> realising that um, she'd arrived ten minutes too late. She then went into this long monologue of, Oh, isn't this a lovely room? Oh, I hope I get a room like this when it's my time. I love those curtains. Where do you think they got these curtains? And I'm thinking, my mum's dead. You know, and that's a, a, a humorous example of positivity in the wrong place. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And and also the the relevance of, of those emotions in, in different situations, I guess, isn't it? I remember a story years ago, I was told, and I love this story because it's a story about a Cherokee Indian grandfather. And one day he's talking to his young grandson and he said, you know, inside all of us, there are two wolves that fight. One of the wolves is good and the other wolf is bad. And the good wolf is all about positive emotions like gratitude and compassion and happiness and joy. And the bad wolf is all about the negative emotions like bitterness and anger and jealousy and hate. And the little boy looks at his grandfather and says, and which wolf wins? And the grandfather says, the wolf you decide to feed. And I think that's a wonderful story that highlights the the power and the control, I guess, that we have Mm. in terms of how we influence our emotions, because every thought we have will lead to an emotion. So whenever we feel a burst of emotion, it's useful to wind back and think, well, what, what was I actually thinking about? Because if we dwell on the negative emotions and we keep building them up, then they can become quite overwhelming. That links back to what we talked about in the previous episode. You know, you can choose whether your glass is half empty or half full, you can choose which emotions to feed off. And, you know, there are some people who I do think get a perverse sort of pleasure of feeding off the negativity. But I think that that responsibility we have about how, you know, we offload to other people, because like you say, you know, there are times we're going to get angry, you know, and there are times we'll, we'll be upset about things. But I think how we get that off our chest and in what kind of environment and making sure it's in a constructive environment with somebody who is comfortable in mm. being able to, to share that with you. And I know, you know, sometimes if something's happened that's upset mm. me, you know, I, I like to share that with, you know, my husband, for example, when I when I get home, I might sort of, you know, want to share with him some information. But we have a kind of pact as well, that when we're in a kind of, you know, more highly emotional state, and we want to get stuff off our chest, mm. we, um, we say, let's not do it in our home environment, let's go outside. So we go for a walk around the block. Mm. And we kind of like, offload all that negative emotion so that we almost create some boundaries around mm. you know this sort of the environments we're in we, we like our home to be quite a, a calm um, and happy environment so it, it's a good technique mm. and humor as mm. well I think you know sometimes we can get ourselves worked up about things mm. and being able to introduce a little bit of humor to be able to diffuse that can be very powerful because you know we, we get our knickers in a twist and yeah. get as you say quite worked up and we don't always see that being able to to kind of diffuse that um, and it doesn't mean you're marginalizing how you feel it just helps bring in a bit of perspective as well. I remember once uh, in the Lake District, we got lost on a walk. I just got totally confused about where we were. And I walked us into a bog, basically, and I sank up to my knees in this bog. And that, that was like the breaking point for me. And I had a complete and utter tantrum. And had anyone happened by, I was knee deep in this bog, ranting and raving at no one in particular. <laughs> my wife, who hadn't 
walked into the bog and managed to stop at the edge, just stood there laughing. And after a while, I looked at her and realised, yes, how stupid I looked. <laughs> and it sort of totally diffused the situation. Yeah. So humour can be a great way of dealing with things. So when you get into a conflict situation, have you got any tips on, on how you personally resolve your difficulties? Well, one thing that I've hit upon is the whole concept of a safe word. And I know safe word <laughs> is something associated with the bedroom, but actually it's a good way of resolving conflict because sometimes you know that you're going to have a stressful situation. You, for example, moving house and you know you're going to be bickering on whatever. So, for example, when my wife and I moved house, we agreed a safe word. And sure enough, when we were getting annoyed with each other about who hadn't unpacked this or who'd lost that, we said the safe word and then you park it. You take 10 minutes out, you have a cup of coffee or something and you don't talk about it whatsoever. Then you agree that when you return to the subject, the person who used the safe word has to let the other person speak first because that way you could just abuse it to shut down a conversation whereas in fact the other person still has something to say i find it really works oh, it sounds like it's a really useful way of stopping conflicts kind of escalating into you know what we call combat situations yeah, yeah. so what's an example of a safe word that you might use i'm curious <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the one we used when we were moving house, but it was something really unusual. Because I think actually if it's an unusual word, it, it, that in itself makes you stop. So I some it was something like poodles or something like that. <laughs> and it's actually, it can be, you can bring humour into it because you, ha you might be really having a go at each other and one person just suddenly says poodles. And that does make you laugh and stop anyway. So I would say the... The more left field, the, the better for yeah. your safe word. So based on, you know, the, the need, I guess, when it comes mm. to resilience, to be able to manage our energy levels and to be able to manage our, our emotions in a positive way, what would be your top three tips? I'd say my first tip is humour. One thing I always say when I feel things are getting out of hand is who'd have thought the world would end on a Tuesday or whenever it is, because it just gives you that sense of perspective. Recognise that there is a time and a place for different sorts of emotions and step back if need be. My third tip related to that is there are no no-go areas with certain emotions. Yes, you will get angry sometimes, but it's how you manage that situation. So don't feel guilty about I shouldn't be angry about this or I shouldn't be upset. It's natural. Well, my first tip is to choose constructive environments, I guess, to offload. You know, I think sometimes we do it without thinking. We don't always know how we're affecting other people. So it's important to be able to do that. Do it in, in a constructive environment with a focus on, on a positive outcome from it. The second one definitely is humour, because I think that helps to create a really powerful perspective. And the third one is to step back sometimes and recognise that, you know, you feed and you fuel those emotions. So where you put the emphasis is where it's going to take you. So don't suppress your emotions, but learn to manage them and show them in the right way, in the right place. So in the next episode, we are going to be talking about change, which is such a big part of resilience and how we deal with change. You know, we're creatures of habit, but we're living in a world that relies on us being able to, to respond to rapid changes. So I think that one's going to be a really interesting one for, for discussion. Mm -hmm.